Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. in your sight. Amen. It's our second Sunday of Advent, and I am almost mourning that it's already halfway done. See, Advent and Lent, I can't choose. They're some of my favorites, and Sandy and I are opposites in this way. I love winter. I love snow. It makes her cringe, but I love the snow, and I love the anticipation of this season. It's one of the core facets of Advent, you know, that holy anticipation. Advent is a season of holy waiting, and I usually found that kind of fun. I spent the past week kind of considering past Advents and what I enjoyed about them, and I was thinking about last year in particular. I was filled with anticipation. It's actually one of the side effects of pregnancy, you know, right along with the nausea. When Advent started, I was mere days away from my second trimester, and I was told that said nausea would cease, hopefully, and it did, thank God. Uh, but I had been waiting for months at that point to be able to tell my family that we were expecting anticipating a new life. Telling my mom and dad in particular had me on the edge of my seat. I am sure that I had dream after dream of their reaction. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to tell them that they were about to be grandparents and the joy that would follow. And along with all of these Advent memories, I remember sitting in choir with Steve and our choir members, and singing Christmas carols about Mary and her sweet little baby. Every time we sang them, I was sitting there envisioning how sweet it would be to have my very own sweet little baby, and how next year they would be in my arms and singing along with me as I sang these carols again with a new heart and a new life. And aside from the last week or two of my pregnancy where I was just ready to get that sucker right out of there, there was no other time in my pregnancy where I was filled with more anticipation for what was to come. I felt so close to Mary during that time. I feel like we really bonded spiritually. I felt like I had a new appreciation for her experience and her time as a mother, and I was wrong. When we meet the Mary that we're talking about in our scripture, we find her at the beginning of her anticipation. 
She had just been visited by the angel Gabriel, who told her that she would become pregnant and bear the Son of God. I am not Mary bearing the Son of God. And to be fair, if I was Mary, definitely not, I would be acutely aware of my identity as a young, unmarried woman living in a pretty small town, living a pretty small life. She responds to this outpouring of life-altering news with grace. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. See, I probably would have cried or done some very panicked breathing. The text makes her seem very level. But still, Mary was a very young girl, maybe 14, and her future as she had imagined it had just dissolved in front of her eyes. Sure, there may have been joy and acceptance in her heart, but if I know teenage girls, actually, if I know human beings, there would be some fear in her heart as well. Sure, there is a natural fear that comes with carrying a child. Fear for the baby's well-being, fear of how your body will respond to the pregnancy. But beyond that, I think for Mary, there was a fear of how the world around her would respond to her pregnancy. During the time where Mary was carrying Jesus, depending on who happened to be in power at that time and how lenient they had decided to be, she could have been stoned to death for her perceived infidelity. If, if she was allowed to live, she could have been rejected by her family and left to make her own way in a very unkind world. Where I had known that my family would be my safe haven and a support system for us as we raised June, we hear almost nothing about Mary's family. We don't ever hear about Mary's parents' reaction or even Joseph's family's reaction because in reality, they probably weren't great. Family can be our greatest love and support, but they can also cause us the most pain. That's right, June. They were probably filled with the same fear that Mary had, fear for her life, but I imagine that sprinkled or maybe doused on that with some level of disappointment because what it looks like from the outside is a teenage girl who ended up pregnant before marriage in a time where her womb wasn't her own and her life belonged to her father and then her husband with very little variance in between. It was a harsh and unkind world to face especially when love incarnate has taken up residence in your belly. Her plight reminds me of a poem by Naomi Shihab Nye called Kindness. Here's a small piece of that poem. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go. So you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. 
I imagine what has Mary hurrying to that small town in the hill country of Judea is recognizing that she may soon find herself in those desolate landscapes between regions of kindness. I imagine that what she's searching for is what we all have been searching for when we find ourselves living in dread or anticipation. Not all anticipation is waiting for Christmas morning and joy and warm hugs and loved ones. Sometimes our anticipation is waiting for elections to be over, really over. Sometimes it's waiting for family members and loved ones to accept who we are and the choices that we make. At times, we prepare eagerly and patiently for immunization trials to be successful so our lives can begin again. Sure, we wait for babies and feasts and presents and smiles around a shared table, but sometimes we are just waiting for it all to be over. I think we've become very good at waiting and watching and anticipating times to come. When our spirits are low and we're losing patience and our anticipation is turning into dread, we look for signs that our time of waiting is coming to an end, or at least a sign that our waiting has a purpose. To me, it sounds like we are waiting for our Elizabeth. When Mary finally makes it to that small town and says, hello, to Elizabeth. Elizabeth is so moved by the Holy Spirit that she shouts with joy, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I wonder how blessed Mary had felt on that walk to the small Judean town. Mary had sought out the family that her heart needed. Elizabeth, with the help of the Holy Spirit, has seen the truth through the circumstance. She found the light in the darkness. She has become, in the words of Vincent Harding, a living human signpost. She has herself been through a difficult pregnancy, and she too will bear a son, a son who will face seemingly insurmountable odds against him. John the Baptist and Jesus are intertwined in the very beginning, and neither will make it out of their ministries alive. She has begun to traverse her own dark path and face her own fears. In short, she is right in the thick of it herself, which makes her the perfect person to offer Mary hope. I think for Elizabeth, and maybe for many of us, it can be difficult to offer hope or solace or comfort when we're in the midst of struggle and fear ourselves. It's certainly not an easy task. But our scriptures and our traditions show us time and time again how crucial it is for us not to run from the darkness. Instead, we are called by the words of Dr. Harding and the Gospel of John and many others to open up 
the light in the darkness, to be the candles, to be the signposts. This is the greatest version of family we can aspire to. We can be the light to our brothers and sisters. We can be signposts of hope when we share our darkness. I pray that during this time, you may be a signpost. May your ears be open to the Holy Spirit's blessing, and may you be willing to shout with joy when you hear it. May you offer your hard-won light without fear or compunction. And I pray, I pray that when you need a signpost, that you find one and that the light will lead you through the darkness. We are with you and we love you either way. Amen.